Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you doing, Corey? Doing pretty good. We have way too many things to try and squeeze into this episode. And we, <laughs> we do. We should, we should probably warn people that there's a good chance this is going down. So everyone knows uh, we are on like a dozen other sites, including Rumble and BitChute and Odyssey. Um, so uh, be sure to bookmark us on these other sites and just ignore the sirens you're hearing in the background. <laughs> Could you yes. hear yeah, a little bit. But yes, definitely. If it kind of was perfect, down, though. Yeah. It was perfect timing. Exactly. If this what? gets taken down, you guys know that we are on tons of other uh, platforms. So please check us out. But yes, we do have a ton to get into today. Uh, I know that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the latest report that I wrote for you over on Corey's Digs.com, which are ways to improve, improvise and maximize. That was that kind was of a fun one. article. Um, you're going to tell us a little bit about this Missouri sheriff who refused to release gun owner information to the FBI. Good on him. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about ranchers selling off their cattle lately, plus China buying up farmland. And the, re the recession is now redefined by the Biden regime. <laughs> we're now redefining the word recession. Uh, no. As well as the DOJ investigate, investigating Trump. Oh, that's new. Um, right. And plus the latest health emergency and CERN. We're going to talk about CERN a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff to go over. Um, and I didn't even have a chance to get back over. I had put a question out on Gab. I said, what should we talk about? And I meant to look at that this morning. And I just was scrambling because I was up till 5 a.m. researching uh, but I do know that one person said we should talk about CERN, so I pulled a great article by Miriam Hennine, which we'll go over later. But yeah, tell people about this awesome article. There was some really good stuff in here. Yeah, I just thought that it would be a great idea to give some people some inspiration, some motivation um, in times where, you know, everybody's having to deal with inflation, higher costs, and really just inspire people to um, become more resourceful and um, learn how to improvise better. But, you know, of course, the most important thing is to remember that you yourself are your most valuable resource. And so I think that time management is super important right now. And mm. the more people, and that's free. If you can just basically learn how to manage your time better in ways that it's going to be more productive for you, um, then you will be able to find ways to either have other sources of income, find ways to be um, more creative and create more resource, other resources like gardening, things like that. So just being more res resourceful with your time, I think is key. But also I picked up some really cool tidbits that I hadn't even known about before um, with regards to gardening. I was surprised to find out how many things from your grocery scraps you could actually just plant in the ground. Um, yeah, to that's awesome. Yeah, to um, actually replenish and be, you know, to multiply like potatoes, everybody, I had already known about potatoes, green onions, right. but yellow onions, romaine, lettuce, garlic, 
um, ginger, carrots, leeks, celery, all these things from grocery store vegetables that you buy can actually be replanted. How do you, uh, how do, you do that with celery or like romaine lettuce? Yeah. Yeah. You got to have, they got to have that stub where you, you know, can establish the root system again and um, grow them that way. Yeah. It's really neat. And there's tons of tutorials. So I've linked um, tons of like uh, resources. It's awesome. Yeah. Resources for you guys to learn about these things rather than me going in depth on each of these things. You can just check the links um, that you're interested in. But also I found out, especially now with fertilizer, fertilizer being so ridiculously expensive, I found Mm -hmm. out some free ways to use some of your table scraps um, as fertilizer and, um, composting, et cetera. So, um, a lot of good information there. Um, but just also being resourceful, um, with your, um, medical supplies, with your stuff around the house that you just were going to throw away anyways, you can reuse those things in so many different ways. And And it's so fun getting creative with things. And it was kind of funny too, because I'm like, I'm like, ooh, ooh, you got to get bamboo sticks in there because I've used them for curtain rods, for like garden sticks, you know, to hold plants up. And then literally days after you publish this, I'm like, oh, here's another way I'm using a bamboo stick to try to capture a mouse because I had a couple <laughs> of mice in my house and I had to set up a trap bucket and I needed a stick. <laughs> yeah, tons of ways of being able to recycle, reuse, repurpose things. Um, and if you guys have some comments on that, I'd love for, to hear feedback. We always love hearing feedback from you guys. Some of you guys are very experienced, you know, gardeners or, um, you know, have all kinds of creative ideas for repurposing things. So feel free to add to this, either comments in, um, the article itself on queriesdigs.com or in the comments on this, um, video. But yeah, I found some really cool different ways to um also like the batteries i didn't know okay people are gonna laugh at me but where i live like i didn't even know you could put batteries in the freezer yeah freezer and refrigerator especially if you live in a warm climate like i do i mean that's pretty common um to be able to preserve the battery life of your batteries it works better for some batteries than others and definitely works better if you're in a warmer climate and you're storing your batteries just at warm loop you know warm temperatures then they're going to lose their shelf life whereas if you put them in the fridge or the freezer they you know extends their life and uh so yeah just some interesting little tips um for emergencies and backups on energy and um fire and camping and uh all kinds of stuff starting fires cooking camping Um, all different kinds of um, neat ideas to be able to repurpose things that you probably already have lying around your house. Right. And you know what? I just realized we didn't have a podcast last week, did we? Or did we? Well, I know that we got loaded the week before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last week we didn't, we didn't have a podcast. We had to skip it. Click on my reports tab real quick because uh, Robin, Robin Peterson, God bless her. She's a trucker and she wrote this, um, article for me she's kind of keeping her eyes on what's happening you know being a trucker what's happening in the trucking industry and so she had written uh right there truckers lane u.s supreme court rejects plea from trucking companies so people should check that out that's a california law called ab 
five. I'm sure a lot of people have, are familiar with this at this point, but if you're not, check that out because that's probably going to have a little impact on the supply chain. And um, so thank you, Robin, for putting that together for us. Awesome. Thank you, Robin. And yes, definitely check that out. We'll be sure to leave links in the description for you guys to get more information and details on these reports. Yeah. Yeah. So you had something that you wanted to talk about, uh, a little bit bit of good news and a sea of, you know, just crap right. news da- <laughs> on the daily right. basis. But this is a bit of good news here. So tell us about yeah, it. Yeah. And this is, this is how all sheriffs should be right now. So refuses, Missouri sheriff refuses to release gun owner info to the FBI and says he will go down with the ship if need be. So this is, we can link this below. We don't really have to get into it too much, but it's, it's um, the sheriff of uh, Scotland County uh, said, I want all my citizens to know that I will not allow, cooperate, or release any concealed carry weapon information to the FBI, even at the threat of a federal arrest. Uh, point blank, I will go down with the ship if need be. So uh, he says, uh, Sheriff Whitney, Sheriff Brian Whitney says that the FBI planned to audit 24 counties, uh, though it's unknown as to which counties in Missouri would be affected. And uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt also sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray criticizing the decision, saying that the FBI has absolutely no business poking around in the private information of those who have obtained a concealed carry permit in Missouri. So People can read the full article there, but that was just, you know, a little piece of good news. It's important. It's important that we bring some of these good news, you know, because this is what sheriffs should be doing all over. Um, Cause we know how, not that they all are, but there's a lot of corruption there in the FBI. And um, so that's awesome that they're sticking up for the people and saying, Hey, you know, we're not going to comply with this. Yeah, and I would point out that this is an example of why it's important to live in communities where you know your sheriff, and you know if that sheriff is going to defend your freedoms, and uh, so this is a a perfect example as to that, why that's important and why that's, you know, uh, you know, how that's playing out, Uh, Mm -hmm. because when, you know, big government overreach happens, it's definitely going to be those local sheriffs that step in um, to defend their, their communities, so good on him and definitely um i would say it's important to you know to to live in one of those communities where you know your sheriff that's right absolutely all right so we should talk about this because with everything that's been going on at the netherlands also in um the uk i know that they were doing buyouts of farmland uh from farmers and then also in canada they're trying to impose um, these restrictions on fertilizers. I mean, it really, just, it's a concerted effort around the globe yep. on this climate hoax agenda to cut our food supply. And uh, here we have things happening in the U.S. as well. And so I thought it was important to, you know, talk about this a little bit because uh, we got news this week that ranchers are selling off their cattle in unprecedented numbers primarily, well, they're saying due to drought, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to get into more detail about what's really going on. And um, so, yeah, this is, this is kind of alarming that um, particularly, I think it's in the Southwest, there's been some drought 
And historically, um, you know, when droughts have occurred, um, you know, ranchers would just go ahead and feed their cattle with hay, right, to supplement if the grass isn't growing, right? But the prices of hay have gone up 56% over the past year. Of course. Making it impossible for these ranchers to profit. In fact, they're losing money month after month just trying to feed their cattle. And in some cases, in many cases, just recently, it's to the point where they feel like they just don't have a choice and they're selling off their herds. Um, And in the short term, it looks like that could improve the cost of beef um, for people at the grocery store. But in the long term, it's going to have a catastrophic effect um, as far as the price and availability of cattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we've seen this coming for a long time so they can move into their synthetic meat world. Exactly. And I just want to read this quote right here from Texas rancher Jared Montford. And he just pointed out that 1.6 or 1.7% of the population feeds the rest of us. And it's not just how bad off these ranchers and farmers are doing at the end of the day. It's really more about the fact that if they don't survive, our nation fails, is what he's saying. And I would have to completely agree with this. You know, it goes along with the um, the mantra for the Netherlands farmers and everyone really around the world who are supporting them, where they say, you know, no farmers, no food. Right. And, you know, speaking of the Netherlands, uh, just last week, uh, Elsa van Hamelen, fantastic researcher. Uh, Really, really appreciate her. She uh, had me on and interviewed me last week. So that's going to be coming out in the next couple of days. And I'll, I'll share a link when, once that's out, but it was really great to just, you know, we collaborated for about an hour before we even started recording because we were sharing all of our research and information just on what's going on around the world on the food front. And, um, yeah, Elsa's great. I've seen her on War Room and on Tucker. Um, she does a fantastic job breaking down everything that's been going on in the Netherlands, as well as, you know, there's just this entire global effort to cut our food supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I'll share a link once that comes out. I'll um, I'll put it. I'll actually probably put it on my site in uh, embed the video in there if I'm able to uh, because. She had a lot of good information too. So, you know, we were kind of going back and forth to sharing everything that we've dug up and on what the situation is, what it's looking like in uh, several countries. So. Nice. Yeah. All right. And then meanwhile, um, as our farmers and ranchers are struggling and, you know, with the high inflation, ridiculous climate restrictions, China's buying up our farmland and housing in the U.S., but particularly farmland and strategically located places near our secret military bases. That's nothing to worry about, right? Right. And this news comes just as the threats by China of a military response um, should Pelosi visit Taiwan. So you can hear the war drums beating more and more lately. It seems like things are ramping up. And uh, yeah, it's concerning to know that, you know, the American people are vulnerable with these bad actors like China 
and Bill Gates owning vast swaths of American farmland that could be put out of commission anytime they choose. Yeah, shame on states for allowing these sales to go through. And, you know, but one thing that just makes me curious is, I mean, I get while we're always talking about China buying up our land, but Canada actually owns more farmland here than, than or more of our land here than any other country. So, and no one ever talks about that. Yeah. So I guess people don't see Canada as a threat, although they have their own little tiny mm-hmm. tyrant over there in Canada, a little, uh, little Trudeau. So, yeah. Uh, yikes. Speaking of tiny tyrants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a perfect segue. <laughs> we have our own tiny tyrant here in America that we have to oh. deal with. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so all of this, all of these uh, things that they've imposed on the economy, whether it's printing trillions of dollars, sending billions, siphoning off and money laundering billions in the Ukraine over this war to prop up this war to cover up for their own crimes, or whether it's putting ridiculous restrictions on our energy, they've created this perfect storm of you know economic failure and um you, you know that's perfectly illustrated this week as we, we are officially now in a second quarter of uh you know negative gdp so that is really the definition and has been the definition of a recession for decades but so what does the biden regime do of course well in true orwellian style they just redefine the word recession of course <laughs> yeah it's absolutely absurd i mean we all know what the definition of a recession is and the funny thing about it is is that you know we're living it you don't have to explain to the american people what a recession is we're we're living it it's about as bad as the little graphic they put out on uh on gas savings how how one a home with one car is now going to save, you know, because of the wonderful work we're doing, you're now going to save $35 a month on gas. And if you have two cars, you'll save $70 a month on gas. Let, let us pat ourselves on the back because we are preventing oil from being produced. We're selling off our reserves to China. We've manufactured this crisis. And now we're going to, we're going to do something to kind of lower it a little bit before elections. So we can make it seem like we're really working to help y'all out. Right. Find a place where you can get gas for under $5 a gallon. Good luck. Okay. So did you, did you notice in that graphic that the white house (laughs) sent out about (laughs) this, like, you know, tiny amount of savings Mm -hmm. per month. It's not a savings. (laughs) Did did you, did you notice that they misspelled on their graphic? It said person instead of person and so we're like oh good grief even i didn't even notice that i didn't even notice that to be honest that's funny because i usually do catch type errors <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's all the people oh. were talking about they were like god they can't even get this right and there's like that's 70 hilarious. people behind the scenes putting this crap together and they still missed <laughs> that's this, so this. funny on their graphic but yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous i mean the american people are totally struggling to make ends beat ends meet nobody's mm-hmm. buying it 
um, no matter how, how much they try to gaslight us and redefine what the word recession means. I mean, this is a, a regime that doesn't deal in reality. They deal in word games. I mean, no, re- redefining what a, a woman is and that sort is, of thing. It's it's literally like watching, um, oh, wow, I just drew a blank on the show that was in my head. It, it, it's like we're just watching skit after skit after skit. It's all comedic theater. It's It's... It's as crazy as they can make it be. Um, and and they're going for full-on crazy. It, it, it's ludicrous. And if you go under like Biden's feed and Twitter and look at the comments, 98% of them are just bashing them. I mean, people, people are seeing right through all of this. It's just a matter of uh, stopping this train. Absolutely. I mean, all of these things, the the perpetual so-called health emergencies, war, financial crisis, manufactured food shortages, I mean, they're all designed to usher us into this great reset takeover. Yeah. Um, and and nobody's buying any of their, their gaslighting, whether it's on the economy or, or any particular so-called health emergency anymore. Um, I think that they know that they're totally failing. I think they're really worried about November. And I think that has a lot to do with um, why they announced this week that the DOJ is opening an investigation as part of this criminal probe into the 2020 election. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they were thinking they were going to get more of a, a summer of hate based off of the Roe v. Wade um, ruling and that petered out so they've got to drum up some more hate from their base right and this might be their little ticket to doing that well they got, um, and they while... keep, go ahead they gotta keep distractions going while they're messing with our food and energy supply and housing and mm-hmm. land i mean those are the key focus points that everyone should be focused on combating and talking with their local legislators and putting the kibosh on all this money going out and these pilot programs to um, and all these consulting agent local consulting agencies, uh, you know, your city councils, like this is the stuff people need to be focusing on, not all these damn distractions. This investigation's going absolutely nowhere. It's, no, it's- I agree. <laughs> I, I believe it's a hundred percent a distracted. A distraction. The Dems know they're failing miserably. Um, they know their scare tacti- tactics aren't working. Uh, so they're trying to uh, drum up some sort of um, a- another distraction and a way to galvanize their base, their Trump-hating base, I think, while at the same time trying to prevent Trump from running again because, of course, he gets in the way of their plans for this Great Reset takeover. Um, But I do think it's worth noting um, that no former president has ever been charged with a crime in the country's history. In cases when investigators found evidence suggesting a president engaged in a criminal conduct, such as Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton, investigators Mm -hmm. and successive administrations concluded it was better to grant immunity or forego prosecution. I think that this this obviously differs. They really don't care about precedent. Mm -hmm. They really don't care about uh civil uprisings as a you know that that are right. that are a, a result of this i think that they think they can um manipulate and weaponize those as well just as they did with january 6th right 
Right. And this isn't really on that note, but just something I want to throw in here uh, that I kind of stumbled across the other day. So do you remember a while back seeing stuff on Project SafeCam? No. So I, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I, I think it started maybe around 2013 and it had to do with um, getting businesses to like register their surveillance cameras with local law enforcement so that they could help prevent crime and then they could get access to their their video feeds quicker and you know that type of thing well i've noticed in cities across our wonderful country that between 2019 and now cities are hammering this and they're bringing in residents so this is focusing on they're now they're calling it community camera registration programs so people should look that up in their area and what they're doing is it's all under the guise of of working together and partnering with law enforcement to prevent crime. And they want residents and businesses to voluntarily register their surveillance cameras so that uh, they can, like I said, access their feed. Now, it's interesting because in, I think it's in New Orleans, uh, the Homeland Security there set up this whole center with whole bunch of screens where they're tying it all together and so i'm looking at this going holy cow they're literally using they're using i mean we already have the ring doorbells with the the camera feeds that we're going to law enforcement i don't know if that's still the case or not but you remember all the hoopla over that a while back Right, right. So Amazon probably- admitted that it was giving their uh, ring doorbell footage to uh, law enforcement without the knowledge mm-hmm. or consent of the owners of the ring doorbells. Yeah. So I don't know if that's still happening, uh, whether they say it is or not. I'm pretty sure it is. But the point being is that people un- are unknowingly going along with this while building our surveillance system to remove all privacy oh yeah it has yeah. nothing to do with crime this has to do with building their damn smart cities that they're making really fast progress on and creating a grid where everything and everyone is tied in and they have full surveillance and there is no longer any privacy none so, I've, I've been working on this biometrics report for you Corey, which i hope will be out soon but yeah i was completely stunned to find out that um China is second only to the United States in the number of surveillance cameras per Uh capita or per person. So Uh China has the most surveillance uh, cameras at 200 million surveillance cameras around the country. But the United States has more surveillance cameras per person. Well, but can and so China, though, I believe also has the biggest manufacturers of those surveillance cameras, don't they? Probably. I mean, it's really China that's exporting this surveillance system, these biometrics, which when right. I did so, this research, it's just a booming market. These countries all oh, yeah. over the globe are really investing billions in oh, yeah. biometric systems from everywhere from travel to schools to work to just within your own home you don't even realize how much of this crap is in your own home right and then but the fact that they are the i believe they are they they have like two major companies that are like the top manufacturers of surveillance cameras so 
uh, if you've got companies over here outfitting this with their equipment, mm, got to believe that feed there, there's access to that feed, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> I haven't dug into that enough. So, so yeah, so people search com either project safe cam or community camera registration registration program and just God, make people aware of what's really going on because we are building our own prison right now is what we're doing. We are. We're walking into, we're just like sleepwalking into this global surveillance system. Yep. Yep. Mm, I can't wait to see your report on that. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's pretty massive. <laughs> but we should get into the latest health emergency, right? So-called uh. health emergency. Right. Yeah. So, so I was saying how we should just refer to it as strawberry shortcake so we don't get cut, but there's going to be too many visuals and too many things we have to cover in here. And one of the reasons, just so people know why we don't want to get cut is because when you upload to YouTube, it also carries over to Odyssey, Rumble and BitChute. It's really handy and convenient when you work 20 hours a day and you don't have time to go in and upload to individual platforms. Ooh, do you think is there software out now? If anyone knows of software out now, I know we were looking into this like a year ago where you can upload and it'll go to multiple platforms. Um, yeah, that would be, be nice. fantastic. That would right. just save us a world of hurt. Uh, and we get, yeah. I was actually going to make, so if our podcast goes down off uh, YouTube this week, then we will be sandboxed for two weeks. Um, like we were over the last one we did went down. And that was the one on uh, the whole that we covered my report on the uh, climate agenda and how that connects into food and the whole Supreme Court and EPA. And they took it down saying it was medical information, misinformation pertaining to COVID, which the report wasn't even about. We didn't even talk about it. The only time we even mentioned the word was when we uh, I was quoting uh, a Supreme Court ruling against OSHA and the CDC. That's it. So I actually appealed it. They shut me down on that. So we got a strike. We were sandboxed for two weeks. And so uh, it's, it's very likely we're going to get shut down on this one as well. If so, I'm going to put them, um, I'll just put both of them up uh, on my, on my site and get it out in a newsletter and, and out across social media. But I actually had an announcement to make in next week's podcast um, for something that I'm launching hopefully next weekend. So if we do go down, be sure to catch us on either Odyssey, Rumble, Bitchute, uh, Gab TV, Foxhole, we're all over. Yes, definitely. And um, so let's talk about what's been going on with all of this. Of course, it's it's not entirely new. I mean, this has been going on for the past several months, but of course, Tedros at the World Health Organization declared that the pox of monkeys <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh uh we're gonna get taken down okay yep. so so that the, the monkey pox is a global health emergency mm -hmm. and you know this was despite the fact that the who panel itself was in disagreement i mean i think it was nine people on the panel said no to declaring yeah. an emergency and six said yes, but Tedros went ahead with it anyways, because of course we have an election here in a couple of months. Right. And and I, I called this out last November. I uh I started seeing where this was going and I warned people that this that the smallpox, monkeypox was gonna be the next push. 
And um, so I put together a timeline in last November and, and warned people of this. And I actually, cause I was seeing the approval of specific jabs and you could tell just by the timeline, they were going to roll this out and turn it into something, something, something. Right, right. And just in time for the November elections, of course. So now yeah. the Biden regime is going to be following suit, it looks like. They're expected to declare monkeypox as a health emergency just in time for the midterms. And we know the, what these evil bastards have are up to. As you said, you wrote a report about it a long time ago. And yeah. we've been watching this and how they ran that um, simulation last year, which is just eerily like what's happening now, of course. And um during a press conference, the World Health Organization, uh, one of their representatives um, emphasized that monkeypox vaccines have not been used in the context, in this context or in this scale before, and so that um, they have concerns about its effect effectiveness and that people taking the vaccine are part of a clinical trial. Mm -hmm. uh, Meaning once again, under emergency use, there's this whole huge issue of liability. I think we should play right. this clip. So let's yep. go ahead and play this real quick. Uh, I, I would like to underline one thing that is very important to WHO. Uh, we do have uncertainties around the effectiveness of these vaccines because they haven't been used in this context and in this scale before. And therefore, that when these vaccines are being delivered, that they are delivered in a context of uh, clinical trial studies and prospectively collecting this data to increase un our understanding on the effectiveness of these vaccines. Thank you. Cases are reported with men who have sex with men. Uh, do you fear that the governments might not take this feat as seriously as the COVID? Thank you very much, Jerry. Good question. I guess we'll go to Dr. McGrath. It is important both that it is taken seriously and, and we make collective efforts to support the community affected and the experience that they have had as the most at-risk group, and in this case, it's men who have sex with men. Uh, I, I would like to... Yeah, so essentially, anyone who takes this is part of a clinical trial right now. And the... Uh, side effects on the major jabs that they are using for this are astounding, and it's on the CDC website. Uh, so they're 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 not even really concealing the side effects, and even on the FDA website. The problem is most people are just going to listen to their doctor, and they're not going to go and read this. Right, right. It's crazy because here we have. Um, a, a disease, a supposed health emergency, when we know that there's a very small portion of the community who is getting and spreading this, right? Men having sex with men, right? <laughs> and so, you know, why are we declaring this for everyone then, right? And I think that, again, it goes same thing that we've we've been through this before people you know i mean it, it's ridiculous but yeah i think that that the same kind of people who are willing to line up for the covid jab are going to be willing to line up for this kind of jab and people need to know what's going on with these jabs um yeah, the weakened immune system uh skin conditions like eczema pregnancy these are all um you know, they're saying that should not be used in 
in people who have these conditions. Well, how many right. people have weakened immune systems right now after the last couple of years of hell, especially if those have some of those people have gotten the COVID jab, you know, we've a hundred percent. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Any kind of adverse events that were experienced under the COVID jab, which myocarditis we know about. Uh, we right. also know about these autoimmune issues and skin issues. And those are exactly the type of issues that are problematic when it comes to these vaccines, because yeah, it's and, talking and about under the, under the sorry under the adverse events for uh, the COVID jab, there's been a lot of reports pertaining to different forms of like herpes developing and shingles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So here are the two jabs. There's um, that the uh, this is on the CDC website. So there's Geneos, which is also known as Envimune and Envinex, or ACAM 2000. And um, the Geneos one, which is Bavarian Nordic's um, vaccine, um, they the FDA has just approved and um, given them approval. Um, and expedited their approval so that they can supply seven, an additional 786,000 doses of that vaccine. And then mm. with the ACAM, we already have like 100 million doses of ACAM uh, in stock um, for the, um, in the national stockpile uh, for the event that a, um, a bioweapon of smallpox was released, but they're saying yep. that it could be is because it's all kind of part of the pox family. But this is um, what I found really interesting on the Geneos one. Um, it looks like with it saying here um, that the effectiveness of Geneos against monkeypox is supported by animal studies, not human studies. <laughs> right. Okay, so that's really important. And then as far as the ACAM 2001, um, this one's been around for longer and they have had human um, clinical trials. And they so that therefore they know a lot more about se severe adverse reaction than you should see the laundry list of these severe adverse reactions and warnings against people, you know, taking it who are immunocompromised, have heart conditions or skin uh, conditions like eczema, and also warning about people who are pregnant or, uh, you know, how this hasn't been tested on any children and that kind of a thing, um, people who are breastfeeding as well. So um, it seems like they already know a lot about um, adverse events and are warning about this. And people need to be aware of this before they start lining up, especially if they have received COVID jabs and have compromised immune systems or heart problems and that sort of a thing. I would love to know what doctors, if we have any listeners who have spoken with any doctors about this, I just want to know, are, I mean, they say right here, who should not be immunized with ACAM 2000, right? Are doctors repeating this to their patients? Uh, I just, you know, because with, mm -hmm. after what happened with COVID, it was just like, they're all like, have you gotten your COVID jab? Have you gotten your COVID jab? Dude, would you like to get it today? Mm -hmm. With no mention, no inserts, no disclosure, no consent, no nothing. Just, yeah. 
not filling them in on anything. So, uh, and this one, I mean, Th yeah, this is concerning uh, here. This is concerning because it's not, very. it's not necessarily just people who are lining up for the jabs. It's their exposure to others because they know that this, because these are both live viruses that are injected, the um, Janeos jab, mm -hmm. as well as the ACAM 2000. Okay, so they know that it sheds. And so they're saying unvaccinated people who are pregnant or have problems with heart or immune systems or skin problems like eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, and have just close contact with someone who has taken this jab have an increased risk of serious problems. Right. That right there. <laughs> and here's the thing. Ah, is, do you have my gab post I did? It was, it's like a week old now. So I'm sure the stats have changed, but here's the, here's the thing. Here's the reality. As we get cut down from YouTube. <laughs> here's the, here's the reality. This is a quote from the CDC. So go ahead and cut me down. Monkeypox is fatal in as many as one to 11% of people who become infected. Also the CDC 2,593 cases in the U.S. allegedly with no deaths. So mm, reconcile that. The WHO, this is a quote, the case fatality ratio has historically ranged from zero to 11%. In recent times, three to 6%. Also the WHO, 14,000 cases worldwide, only five deaths, all of which were in Africa. And then there's Gavi. One in 10 cases can be fatal. So major fear pushing and and it's not it you know just like with COVID it's not a deadly virus if we want to call it a virus yeah so, exactly so whereas the so they're literally lying they're literally lying with their stats and their data on their own damn sites and, just and they as know, we've seen for the past two years time to look at it or do the math it, it, it's it's insane it is insane. I mean, so whereas the monkeypox virus itself is not highly transmissible, and most people have no risk of becoming infected because the virus appears to be mostly spreading in the community of men having sex with men, the vaccine, on the other hand, could definitely um, amplify the spread of adverse events mm -hmm. just by being exposed uh, in close quarters and close and close proximity, not not you know um a little bit but like close exposure to someone who has taken this jab because it is a live virus and so yeah. and i think that the people that really it what's really concerning is that the people that were likely the likely types of people who who got the covid jab would also be likely types of people same type of people to get the monkeypox jab right. so they're just like compounding yep. their problems yeah um because just writing it out and being fine if 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 they even contracted it i mean it's just ah uh, people need to make other people aware of this and i mean like i said you can go right there to the links to cdc and fda they're they're saying all the all the warnings are right there so send them there don't even have a discussion just go uh here here look at the Look at the warnings. Look at those side effects. Oh yeah, Polly. Polly did a video on um, on this as well, so we can link that for people to check out. Polly always does great work. 
yeah, yeah. So for more details and more in-depth on, on all of this, yeah, check that out. We'll leave a link. Um, so there was one other really interesting thing that uh, we were going to chat about, um, which is CERN. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know um, I just reported a little bit on this. Um, it, they, they kind of restarted things back up about, oh, I want to say it was about a month ago. And um, so now that CERN's back up and running, there's this interest, again, to revisit CERN, talk about what they're doing over there, because it is incredibly nefarious. And, uh, you know, it's worth discussing um, as far as the time frame with which they're doing this and how it affects um, us uh, here (laughs) around the world, really. Right. Um, And, and, you know, what are the implications? So, um, yeah. Miriam, uh, Miriam Heinen did a great article on this, which we'll link. And I know we're getting short on time, so I won't go too much into it. People can come here and read this, but I'm just going to read one paragraph from this. So the key thing is, so they had started up in, um, they had started up, well, here, I'll read this. The world's largest and most powerful particle collider occupies a circular underground tunnel of nearly 17 miles along the Swiss-French border. The collider, which is buried 574 feet underground and features 145,000 miles of cable, was started back up in April 2022 after a three-year break for upgrades and preparation for its third run. But on July 5th, CERN started a brand new experiment whereupon the LHC started running around the clock collecting data. The data collection effort will continue for the next four years at a record energy of 13.6 trillion electron volts, slightly higher than in run two, which released 13. Uh, CERN will then stop again for three years and fire up once more in 2029, which obviously is a very interesting date there. So their fourth run into the 2030 agenda fourth industrial (laughs) revolution will start in 2029. And I got to tell you that video, I couldn't even watch the whole video. So she has a lot of good information in here. I encourage people to read it. What the heck is going on? What is it they're doing? Uh, you know, you, you go down and you look at their uh, video when they, so this, let's see. So was this now from 26, let's see, 2016 CERD held what can be described as a new world order satanic tunnel opening ceremony at the Gothard tunnel in Switzerland in the ritual participants paid homage to, Oh boy, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Cernunas. Is that right? A Celtic deity known as the horned one or Lord of wild things. They claimed to be honoring mountain goats in the area, but critics did not buy that. This was just a homage to a local animal. And this is, you know, for anyone, even if you haven't done research, just watching this. So they do this opening ceremony that runs what edge, like 30, 40 minutes or so. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's, tell me that's not creepy as hell. And, and this is before they, you know, start running it. And so there's been a lot of debate and discussion and over what it is they're really doing with 
you know, crashing protons here and particle acceleration and what impact this is actually having on the world while they're studying all of these things, trying to learn more about the universe. Some people talk about um, them trying to open up other dimensions or what it is they're exactly trying to do. That is uh, exactly black. what they're trying to do. They are, yeah. I mean, when you look at yeah. this ceremony, they're clearly trying to summon something uh-huh. from this world. So yeah, they, and when you read more into the research that they're doing, they're definitely interested in exploring other dimensions oh, yeah. and, and accessing those dimensions and the exploration of dark matter is sort of the key for them to be able to do that. And that is really the key focus of CERN, I believe, is opening these, you know, uh, new information into these other dimensions. And I really um, found this really, really interesting when I read this article because I hadn't heard about this, was about something about another scientist being killed um, and what that scientist had written. Um, and uh, if I can find it, hold on one second. Oh, yeah, uh, where she's talking about... Let's see. Uh, yes. Um, so this um, this scientist, uh, I believe his name was Mantle, had been researching um, into all of this um, right before he was mysteriously either killed or killed himself. And then there's a question of even if this guy was even real, because it seems like his information has been scrubbed from every you know every you know corner of the internet but he pretty much the only writing that we have from him just prior to his death said something about um these dimensions and he he stated our universe is but one page in a large book think of a closed book sitting on a table you see each page stacked on top of one another bound by the spine and sandwich sandwiched between the two covers. Our universe is but one page in a vast and all-encompassing book, and our page is certainly not the only one with rich, in-depth thought and writing committed to it. Every page in the book represents a different dimension, each with its own unique writing, own unique story, own unique way of isolating itself from other pages. No page was to interact with the other, just as no ink bleeds from one page to another in a standard book. Each page is a universe unto itself. And so it's just kind of sort of highlighting how all of this research is really their intention to explore these other dimensions Mm -hmm. and how nefarious and evil it is when you see what they're actually trying to summon in sort of these, you know, rituals that they're doing as dedication to CERN, right? Yeah, it's it's creepy as hell. Uh, not the fact that there's multi-dimensions, but the, the rituals that they're playing out in this is just, it's just, it's just incredibly creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so should, we should link, um, we should link this article by Miriam um, oh, in the description for you guys to learn some more about it and keep an eye on it because she makes a lot of interesting connections and mm-hmm. uh, bringing it to the forefront about, you know, I mean, you thought that what we're dealing with right now is weird. I mean, <laughs> CERN. <laughs> 
CERN is just taking it to another level. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, one day I would really like to, um, I'd really like to explore that more. But yeah, so I, I found this document here because I know that um, CERN has, has immunities, right? And so this was, uh, I don't actually have it pulled up on my end edge, but if you scroll down, uh, so this is dated 2007 and we'll link it below, but it's, it's quite an interesting little read about how they, all these member states gave this immunity. So there's no, um, national courts or, or, you know, there's no jurisdiction over them. And it also gets into the immunity of the employees and this pension fund that can be invested into other things and all kinds of interesting little tidbits in here. So essentially we'll say no oversight. And I believe, was it, I think Miriam said there's like 9,000, don't quote me on this. Was it 9,000 scientists involved? Hang on. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah. Um, let's see. It was founded in 1954, involves 20 member countries, uh, more than a hundred nationalities and 9,000 scientists. And so, so now we have like immunities here. Right. <laughs> more of this crap that's above the law right uh, so we we're yeah. all subject to this overreaching um you know laws and mandates but mm -hmm. all of these guys behind the scenes they can just do whatever i mean the, completely with immunity and above the law whether it's big pharma cern and, and you gotta wonder like electromagnetic fields schumann resonances all of it which have been really funky uh over the last several years you got to wonder how that's impacting it or you know what all impacts this is having oh 100 percent. i have to wonder how all of this connects i mean when i and you know we we've talked you know off the air um about emf and different kinds of um energy fields affecting mm -hmm. people and particularly how how much does that affect people who have received the jab and then you have to wonder what kind of effects does this type of particle accelerator have <laughs> you know not just on people but on the entire planet right and, well, uh, one of the things she mentions in here is the uh mandela effects you know so yeah all very interesting definitely <laughs> worth keeping an eye on because yeah things have been wild and crazy over the past couple of years but with cern trying to explore other dimensions <laughs> <laughs> oh lord we might be going next level and and doing the well so this is running uh for four years and then it's down for three years and then they're going to restart it again in 2029. So, uh, interesting the, the pattern to it. You got to wonder. Yeah, definitely. All right. I think that pretty much covers everything that we were going to talk about today. I mean, I, I didn't know how we were going to get through this podcast because <laughs> we were so like scattered. Oh, so many different topics. 
Yeah, yeah. We we managed. We managed. All right. So guys, if we um if you can't catch us on YouTube, be sure to catch us on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn as well. And please be sure to share this podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today on Dig It, and we'll see you back next time. Thank you.